the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC on ESPN 24 Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down. High-level MMA, that's what we're going to do today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's for the fight as I'm recording this during the weigh-ins. UFC Vegas 26, hashtag UFC on ESPN 24, UFC Watterson versus Rodriguez, or Rodriguez versus Watterson, let's get it right. Um, and uh, everybody uh, is weighing in, you know, except for Ryan Benoit, that fight got called. Um, I think everybody else is on wait. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys an update further along. As per usual, we're going to do some notes off the top. Don't worry. Nothing heavy. I've lost enough listenership, and I've burned enough bridges and uh, with colleagues, opportunities, excuse me, sponsors, and the like. Um, and that's uh, that's been uh, depressing enough to deal with, you know, especially since your boy here uh, would like to call fights someday. And uh, between the trends of who's taking those jobs to the betting jobs to... Uh, my colleagues who are just much more hardwired to socially climb and uh, do other things that grants them the followers and opportunities they get good on them. Supported them then, supported them now. I'm not going to turn into a hater, but yeah, after the last few weeks, it's been uh, it's been rough seeing you know being a reminder of where people stand in the industry and where I stand with them. So I want to start off by thanking those of you still here, thanking those of you colleagues in the space who not just listen because a lot of you listen and don't. Um, you know, just use it for your work, like, you know, the Asian kid, you can look off the paper, um, but, uh, you know, those of you, you know, whether it's in UFC broadcasts or otherwise, especially publicly at Dan Tom MMA or at the PYM podcast, or in my DMs um, privately, acknowledgement is acknowledgement, and it's really appreciated, it's one of the few things from you listeners there who think you're nobody, but you're not, your messages often mean the most, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they are a definite lifeline of the show, appreciate it, and, uh, but, uh, you know, just saying as well as the people in the public eye, because, um, yeah, you know, just, just seeing, you know, without getting back too much on my soapbox, I'm going to push on here, don't get me wrong, but just seeing how many people, uh, you know, reference my work, whether it's on here, or my written work, and, and don't, you know, even give a credit or shout, um, it just becomes quite obvious and stuff, you know. But hey, uh, either way, shout outs to uh, all the colleagues who don't uh, subtly sub throw shade at people calling out things uh, in order to make themselves look right because they lack analysis, but they are fucking grifters. Um, but anyways, I threw thrown enough, <laughs> I've thrown enough, uh, I've thrown enough shade uh, and burn enough, uh, burn enough bridges uh, in my space as you guys can see. So let's let's push forward. Um, I don't know what the hell is going to become of this show, but. I'm going to keep, uh, you know, making money uh, steadily and, and helping people make money. 
And uh, that'll be it. Whatever comes, comes. It's all bonus. To be honest, I shouldn't even be uh, at this level doing it uh, as I am. So what the fuck am I complaining about? So shout-outs to you guys all here, our supporters. You guys know, again, that uh, whether you uh, shout out the show, message me, or God forbid you crazy freaking financial supporters, you the Tony C's, the Chris's, the Roberts of the world. Um, I'm really slow on Facebook. I'm sorry, but uh, on Twitter, uh, you you know my DMs are always open to everybody. Um, but uh, you know, especially I just want to remind the supporters because I have not been doing my job here on the show, which is why I'm not going to do any Amazon reads or any of the the shouts or plugs for those things. I don't deserve those things. Uh, but I just want to remind you guys that if there's, you know, you don't want to wait for my show or what the fuck's Dan got going on this week, the hell the world is thrown at him. Uh, believe me, I hate playing that game. You shouldn't be playing that game either. So, um, you know, or be stuck with it. So uh, feel free to hit me up in the beginning of the week if any fights you want broken down or advice on lines or bets you're trying to make. You don't want to wait for the show to see if I've even broken this fight down at this point with the way things go. Um, and I will gladly do the legwork for you and get you some kind of um, an answer that I can uh, stand behind. Um, because you guys deserve it, and you guys deserve better than the shit I've been giving you. Uh, shout out to the Frank Posen podcast. I mean, to give him and Black Jordan Breen a shout out. Uh, as well as the Fight Site MMA podcast. Um, uh, I know it's uh, hosted by uh, Ed and Shriram. Who uh, <laughs> spent the last last part of the episode victory lapping? But uh, I'll forgive him. Uh, shout out to Ryan uh, Ryan Wagner, R- Ryan A Wag MMA, uh, also one of the uh, one of the best analysts out there, and uh, uh, one of the fine analysts there at the uh, the fight dash He gave me a nice shout when he was breaking down the grappling meta and uh, a top five podcast, which I know I was going to do a classic. This would have been a good one to do, but. It's late in the week, and yeah, it's, I didn't have time. You guys don't care about my still not having a laundry machine, holes in my roof, uh, constant pain in my body, uh, new pain aside from the normal, uh, and all the other fine stuff. Uh, anyways, but um, yeah, I was going to do a, I was actually thinking about using that episode, and he shattered it out, Ryan did, the top five Matt wrestlers in MMA. But to be honest, you guys can just go listen to that Fight Side MMA podcast. And Ryan does a great job at summing it up there. You know, <laughs> he's really too kind with the shout. But go go listen to the Fight Site MMA podcast. And uh, um, I was joking with uh, Ed and Shuram. If, if if anybody in this space of a space that does way too many victory lapping, and I should be doing more victory lapping. Speaking of the self promotion, but again, self promotion and social climbing not in my hard wiring to my detriment. Not talking shit or throwing shade. Like I'm throwing shade at myself when I say that. By the way, because if. Uh, any analysts and people that in a space where people do all too much victory lapping, um, those guys could definitely do some more of it. They deserve it. So shout out uh, and support, by the way. They've got a Patreon that that's well worth it. Uh, I know Patreons are hard to keep up with these days, you know. Um, finances and stuff. Uh, should, I've had to tighten up my mind myself even. Um you know, that, you know, your boy, I think, feeling not having a, a betting gig anymore. And I haven't put myself out there, but again, with between names that uh, I have no chance of ever, because, you know, uh, competing with for name value wise to uh, snakes in the grass to everything in between, um, you know. Heck, I'm even seeing some like commercial shit in my own outlet, which is like, just like, you know. 
Anyways, I'm obviously support my outlet, but yeah, I've seen some, uh, let's just say, like, sponsored or commercial betting stuff that looks like these dudes who just fucking make a living writing off of the, um, writing off of, like, the stats at UFC.com. So make sure you're clicking on the good work over at MMA Junkie, because there's a lot of it, not just mine. And uh, thank you for supporting mine, uh, especially, you know, seeing the work that's out there. It's just been really, really disheartening, as you can tell. Uh, I can't even get through these shouts. So that's it for the shouts. Um, UFC Vegas 25 was... Uh, we went 6-4-1. and one, uh, and, you know that, that arguably could have been better, but hey, we'll get to that. Yuri Prokhachka, Prokhachka uh, defeated Dominic Reyes via second-round TKO. Um, this was kind of a sucky one because it, like, it was a great fight, and I like Yuri, so it's nothing to do with that, but it's like one of those ones where it's like... You're not confident, super confident on it, and yeah, I did sprinkle on Reyes, obviously, but like, uh, you know, I I, I I still said like, hey, listen, this crazy fight. Uh, probably should have played the under there, although I believe it was chalky. But those of you on the unders, good on you. This was a good one for you know the MMA betters because MMA betters they love unders, they love the sexy strikers, they love the younger, fresher guy, and if you you know age gaps, if you, if you back those things, I think you did pretty damn well. Um, so Prokachka comes through and everybody's on his dick now taking turns jerking him off even though people like myself and a lot of you other hipsters out there are already well aware of him and just because you pick someone doesn't mean you don't like him but then you know it's that whole thing and then you gotta see your analysis actually technically play out right and him almost like stum- stop and stumble Yuri multiple times even to Yuri's own admission but the analysis is right but you are wrong that is what happens so um, so yeah Good on Prokachka. It was definitely a good thing. It was, uh, you know, better for the division. Um, uh, but you know, I think it's funny. I, you know me. I always take the uh, and you know the picks and the analysis. Even when the analysis is right and the picks wrong, I always ugh, take that to heart more than I should. And I don't victory lap myself as I aforementioned as much as others slash I should. So uh, that's just me being, being miserable. Good on you guys. Uh, speaking of me being miserable, Gadze defeated Cub Swanson via first-round TKO. Um, and again, I, I don't have anything against Giga, and I, I a lot of people, I, you know, shout out to my man John John Rico, man, he trains with him, and, I, and you know, so uh, him and many other people, I, I love and respect, love Giga, and you know, they're always saying that you know up in mine and everyone else's mentions, correcting him, going the Giga kick, hence me with that Bart Simpson gif, going, what kick? Giga kick. And it was because, you know, it's not like your boy doesn't talk about Southpaw stuff or fucking pump up the liver kick, um, citing the Tim Lane uh, analogy that I always give where he says, what's the most devastating kick? And everybody, you know, goes from Edson Barbosa spinning heel kick, nut kick, and it's actually the liver kick, because no matter how tough you are, even if you've only been stopped, you know, once in a crazy career by one of the greatest of all time in an opportunistic flat fashion that finally split your eye, well, the liver kick, it doesn't matter how tough you are or good your chin is. And you guys have heard me say this a billion fucking times, which is nothing against Giga Chikatsu. Giga Chikatsu. It's nothing against him. It's, it's just like, okay, so now we're giving credit to the liver kick. And I think only like one podcast said it. I wish I knew because they I give them credit. But and it's another thing that I've I've talked about here. And surprise, surprise, Dan Tom talks about traditional martial arts stuff. I know, um, but that's the reason why um, Giga's is 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 hard to see. 
uh, similar to a guy who you know did a much more even unique version of it called Katsunori Kakuno, and he did it in the fucking UFC. But don't get me started on the Asian thing because we have another co-main event where you know we get a Eastern European appropriating martial arts to uh, end a fight really fast with a with a kick, and we learn nothing more about the fighter now. So it's not so much that I was on the wrong side or this or that, or you can accuse my rooting interests. Maybe you can accuse it of the last co-main event prior. But again, I got nothing against Giga Chikatsi, man. He seems like a great dude. You know I got love for the Georgians. I seldom ever pick against them. Um, but yeah, it was kind of annoyance. It's like, you know, and then again, I love Yuri too. And Yuri, like, I, I legit love how he holds himself. I'm not fucking calling everything out for appropriate. That's not what I'm doing here, folks. We're trying to do, but it, it is funny. It's just like Chikatsi for Kachka, Namayunas. It's like, everyone's like, oh, these are real martial artists. Like, they're doing stuff that's been done, like, so many times, not even that long ago, within the UFC, uh, with culture, like, really traceable. But, like, I love that, like, you know... Whaley's a sore loser, the copycatter, or these, these these are that things like mysterious, but like the actual like martial arts stuff when it's talked about in reverence and respect and this like it's 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 all it's I think I think Eastern Europeans are the new new East. Not hating on my Eastern European brothers and sisters. I'm just saying. I'm just like like you know, uh, you know maybe it was a liver kick. No, it's the Giga kick. It's not the it's not Kakuna's kick. You know, I think Kakuno called it like a moon kick or a half moon kick. That's kind of Kakuno's fault. He didn't really make it markable. Plus, he's Asian, and you know, we, <laughs> it's, like, it's like two strikes against you. Um, but shouts to those who remember the Kakuno kick. Or like, everybody's got a bunch of weird kicks. Like Iri Alcantara has got like this really sweet like wall horizontal Muay Thai, you know, kind of like blocking kick, check kick. He turns into it's crazy. You know, all these crazy kicks. But you know, again, sexy striker gets the older guy. So we had a you know this guy with the hype. So, not so much Giga deserves, because he does deserve top 10, but with all the, again, it's nothing against Giga, it's the fans, you know, you guys fucking, that, and I could sense John Jones was fake before it came out, but it was the same thing with John Jones, I like John Jones in his first two fights, and then everybody just started hyping the butt fuck out of him, and just, oh, couldn't stop jerking him off, and, and then he starts beating old janitors, and guys pass his prime, and everybody's like, oh, they're just so hard for him. And I'm like, let's fucking get him up to the top status already. And obviously he did well, but that was the point. It was just like he was getting jerked off like he was John Jones of now before he even proved it. That's my problem. That's my problem with these things. It's nothing against these fighters. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And it's going to be tough because we didn't learn anything about Chikatsi. We've only seen him control pace and fight three-round decisions where it was like short-notice, stylistically favorable guys where he was in cruise control. We, we we still don't know a lot about him. But uh, anyways. Um, good on Chikadze and good on the Giga kick. You know. So we got to make sure we get those things right, right? Not, you know, historical facts, culture, and actual attributions to fighters who lack attributions. But hey. Hey, whatever. Uh, e, I on Cute Laba versus Justin Jacoby was a split draw. I don't hate that. Um, with the way it ended up going, um, I played Jacoby, so I just was a push there. Sucked. It could have been a very winnable fight, but that's just how those things go. Sean Strickland defeated Christoph Yatko. That was a solid parlay piece for anybody who had that. Um, Marab ended up being a solid parlay piece. I was right on the pick, but I stayed away. I was, and I guess I was ready to play out closer than I believe, but still no issue with Marab winning that one, obviously. 
Alana Pinheiro defeating Miranda Marcos via disqualification. Again, I talked about it, folks. Um, how can, you know, I know she looked at the ref and this and that. I'm not judging or trying to relitigate. I care less. Um, yeah, sucks for Miranda. But, like, this is uh, this is what I said, you know, where it's like, uh, how can, you know, how can we expect us to make any progress as a sport or as fans when um, even, like, the fighters themselves were throwing shade, you know? So, of course, fans are going to throw shade. I know Paul Felder, I think, was one of them, and he, he went back and, you know, apologized, even even though, you know, Paul does a great job. Uh, I don't think he, you know, I think he's right for his opinion. <laughs> the, you know, no offense to Big John, but I think, like, it was more forgivable for someone like a fighter. However, it's also, even though Big John and, Shouts to them and, and their audience over at Weighing In. Um, they have a good audience, obviously, and they deserve it. But I'm just saying, like, it, it does more effect, obviously, if a broad, someone in the broadcast position, though, makes those criticisms um, as much as it is their right to. Because, again, most people cannot think for themselves and they just want to parrot things. No offense to my friends out there who say giga, but you know what I'm saying. Things that are sexy and parrotable or whatever that's just what people do and that's why contrarians like myself who actually do freely think these fucking hashtag free thinkers um get so goddamn annoyed anyways uh tj brown defeated kai kamaka via split decision um i had this 30 27 it was ironic because adelaide bird had a 30 27 too so it's like uh you want to you want to trash her because she's the most trashable name but since she actually got it right which just shows how abhorrent the judging is but again she is one that comes from boxing and kai kamaka was doing a lot of counter punching right and um we know how much judges love to see that um and i feel like i made a good case for it on twitter even though i was admitting my bias every step of the way and as i always do uh but again if we're going to keep that same energy as far as damage i felt like brown had the more um or kamaka had the more damaging moments um I know he got rocked in one of the rounds, but I feel like he made up for it. Um, you know, he got more offense landed on him than Yoel Romero did to Robert Whitaker in round four of their second fight, but I referenced that a lot where Robert Whitaker essentially jabs him and points him up the whole round and then gets hit at the very end. Doesn't get dropped, but he's clearly rocked. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like subjective where like we see guys win rounds when which that could have happened here with Kamaka where it was because they're off balance um what is his name fucking uh penguin man uh Alejandro Perez fucking steals so many decisions redid that to him to my guy uh, Andre Sukumtat um he he wasn't even a knockdown you know Sukumtat was lighting him up and then uh he was on one leg and it, you know, gets right back up kind of a thing. But then the judges counted as a knockdown and overweigh that to the actual technical, meaningful work earned work done. Um, so that was annoying. Um, yeah. Shouts to my guy, Eric Nixick. That that's tough, man. Fucking <laughs> his Hawaiian army against, uh, James Krause's team, man. He, he's beating them the whole time and then loses the submission, right? With Patolo and Marquez. And then, it's a fucking nail biter that takes anybody you know who is invested in this fight got some lives taken, got some years taken off sweating that one out, and then um, uh, then the judges steal it from him. That's that's that that hurts. 
Luana Carolina defeated Pauliana Botello via split decision. I feel like this could have gone Botello's way, but I feel like she didn't deserve to win it because she was doing stupid stuff. Just kind of gassed, and Carolina kind of just bullshitted her way through a decision. Um, again, another female fight where that happened. I don't know if I should be using the word female, by the way, if that's offensive. So listening to uh, Fernanda Pratis is, uh, by the way, shout out Best Camera Life. Another great episode. Um, see, I'm trying to educate myself too. For, see, people, I'm not the only one. Uh, I'm not just pointing fingers. I gotta trying to better myself here too. But yeah, I don't know what it is with the judges. They they just they just it's like are they checked out with these fights or what? I don't know what's going on. Loma look mean defeated Sam Hughes. Yeah, missed decision. It's fine. Uh, Andreas Michalaitis defeated KB Bueller. Bueller. Um, I checked out of this one. Apparently didn't miss much. Hey, Felipe Calares, Cash, defeated Luke Sanders. Like I said, you stick around long enough, Luke Sanders will give the fight away, and he did. All right, how did we do on that for time? 20 minutes, not bad. This could be an expedite huh? All right, uh, we're going to push on here. Speaking of which, UFC and ESPN 24. Take a swig of water. Rodriguez Waterson. I did a write-up for this. Um, let's, I don't know, I'll see if it's up as I uh, check the weights again here. Um, but there's a write-up on MMAJunkie.com as per usual for the main events. I also did one for Bellator 258. Not much to say there. Um, yeah, it looks like uh, not seeing anybody else miss Wayans here. And yeah, I don't know why they tried to make Ryan Benoit have a second attempt. You know, name of safety, commissions. It's all about safety, right? Fucking bullshit. Anyways. Yeah, damn, burn more bridges in the industry. Well, fuck the commission. Um, alright. Yeah, everything doesn't look to have changed. So, Marina Rodriguez, minus 210. Michelle Watterson, plus 175. I didn't like seeing this get inflated, because part of me actually thought Michelle Watterson was either going to get opened or bet toward even. Um, you know, it's going to be competitive because she's popular. She's the karate hottie, mom champ. Yeah, mom champ. Uh, thing, uh, but like, and she steals rounds because like, you know, dude, she's right up there with Holly Holm and John Jones and like the Jackson Wake Hall of Fame of round stealers, you know, like from spinning shit that doesn't land, uh, which John Jones does, key eyes, Holly Holm does. Or, you know, well-timed or late-round takedowns, which was just a camp staple for years, right? Um, she does all the Jackson Wing tricks, all of them. Um, and because uh, if you look at it, she really, in my opinion, I think she's only beaten Felice Herrig and who else? You know, you could still give her the, the Angela Hill fight. Obviously, she officially won it, but uh, I give it to Hill. I don't really count the, the bullshit key-eyeing and toe kicks and, you know, touch your face with my toe and run away and, like, and, you know, Hill played right into it and got frustrated and just did for the judges. Uh, but last people she beat was Karolina Kovalkiewicz, who was on a downhill slide. Hasn't won, barely fought, maybe retired since then. Felice Herrig who was on a, you know, a, a worst point of her career and is at the, you know, toward the end. Hasn't won since, before, 
Um, those were her last two like unquestionable wins. She lost the Courtney Casey fight. I'm sorry. Again, tall, long fighters. Um, you know, Courtney Casey, Angela Hill, uh, Yoni and Jacek, which she clearly lost. Much more technical version, but they're all going to play anal- analogous to Marina Rodriguez. Loses to Tisha, loses to Rose, and then she's got her fir- first two UFC fights where she she choked out Paige Van Zandt and Angela Majana. Need I need, need I say more? So her her record is is deceptive, and then everything and w- wins or losses wins air quotes. She always has a propensity to eat right hands. Like she can't not eat right hands. And Marina Rodriguez, regardless of how you if you agree with how her fights have been scored. Um, she's been marking girls the fuck up with right hands. So for me, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's just Michelle Waterson's point-scoring sensibilities, her underrated wrestling, not just from the clinch. She's improved it in the open. Like, she hits a nice single leg in Tisha Torres, but that was, like, four years ago. And she hasn't hit a nice single in the open really since. She's tried a bunch, like, against Ian Jacek. Granted, Ian Jacek's got good takedown defense. But, um... But yeah, um, and aside from uh, catching Hill really out of position, she got some there, like reactive shots. But uh, I don't know. I I do think Rodriguez has slightly better defense than Hill. It's hard to say because Hill has shown overall more willingness to scramble in her second stint, whereas Rodriguez, granted it was because Esparza was playing a non-passing conservative game, um, she has been held down, even though she does the thing. Where she's really good about attacking right when she gets up. You know, as soon as uh, a fighter puts down the pack, she picks it up. She's really good about that. You know, body teeps, McGregor style, uh, like to Mendez kind of a thing after the wrestling, after a heavy wrestling assault. Um, so she's really much better about that than Angela Hill, who would do like kind of like what Justin Jacoby does. Will uh, almost like, like yes, you're the better kickboxer. You've got fancy feints and you know and footwork. Like, but use them. You, time's running out, and they're sitting there doing their feint and not really throwing stuff. And um, I know that could be a gas tank issue with both of them. With Hills, kind of had somewhat of a suspect gas tank, only because she fights at such a tremendous pace. She has to, you know, find ways to take her breaks in there. Um, but then you know you look, this fight's on short notice, and you're like, what the heck? And, and um. Rodriguez, you're like, ooh, you know, how's that going to work? It's hard to see. Looks like she's been training. And, you know, Watterson, she's got a home gym. You think she stays active? Although she was back in El Paso visiting family. So away from Jackson Wing, away from her home gym when she got the call to fight just a couple weeks ago. And when they just hit the scales, she, she, she I always feel weird because I, I, I do judge this. So if I'm being fair and professional and treating these, these, uh, uh, these women as the professionals that they are. Um, I should speak to them no different. I just always feel weird talking about women on the scales, I guess. I felt about self-conscious about that, but yeah. I'm um, looking at the scales, I guess you could say, as you could tell, this is a short notice for Rodriguez, whereas you can't really tell for Rodriguez. She actually looks uh, healthier, whereas Watterson, I, I mean, you, you could tell it's a short notice fight for her. And I didn't like the way she looked on the scale, you know. Um, she made like one of those faces like that, which is kind of like that. For me, that's like kind of like the insecure tick. Like, I'm fine after I just got hit, but I know I'm losing this fight. And I've seen her do that before in, in those situations and fights that she's losing. And I'm like, you're busting out that face on the scale already? That's not good. That made me want to, um, you know, back up the proverbial truck on Rodriguez. 
So I may look to parlay her. I don't know if I want to do it with the obvious parlay piece. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'll let you guys know what I'm, I'm leaning toward, and I'll, uh, uh, I'll see if I end up doing it or not. But again, I just try to give you guys everything I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about playing on here. I'm honest as always. But um, my official pick was Rodriguez by third round TKO, and because I think that she's gonna at least have a, a round to deal with of grappling. But her cardio doesn't look like really it's taxed in these third rounds. So Rodriguez comes off to me. Unless the weight cuts are killing her, which again, this short notice actually might be better because she doesn't have to cut the weight and she looks healthier. Um, she looks like the cardio is not going to be an issue. So uh, as soon as Watterson's done with her tricks, I think she's just going to get pieced up and run into a wood chipper. It's going to get ugly. And um, yeah, I don't think Watterson's going to escape her way out of this one. So third round TKO and uh, I'm thinking about really backing it up on Rodriguez. We'll see. All right, next fight is... Donald's Cowboy Cerrone minus 190. Alex Morono plus 165. It was supposed to be Diego Sanchez. By the way, shout out to Angela Hill, who we'll get to here, and uh, her interview on the TSN MMA show. Shout out to Aaron Bronstetter. It was a good interview. Um, I liked her. I don't talk about current events much here, I know. But I liked her take on the Diego Sanchez thing, how people can be very vulnerable, and why fighters are emotional. Um... And, you know, it's a lot of those reasons. And I remember interviewing Diego when he, right before he was making this transition into Fabia, and he just got divorced from his wife, a long-time girlfriend, whatever it was. Uh, and, man, yeah, man, as somebody who, you know, has those has a lot of these same emotional chips on the shoulders, whether it's broken families you come from, economic classes, or whatever these things are that, seem to be the common threads, at least when I look back at my own experience and upbringings and listen to a lot of these fighters. Um, and I'm not going to be the reply guys who go CTE and sensitively, but yes, getting hit in the head make you more sensitive. You know, uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm more irritable. I'm even more 10x irritable now with the other issue I'm dealing with that deals with me constant pain. That might explain my attitude a bit. Um... But then just having to be vulnerable and have your life in the public eye, a professional fighter, sacrificing all the things you sacrifice, and realizing, you know, I, like, even listen to me, I, I'm, I'm sounding really, really bitter lately, just kind of realizing where people stand and this and that. And, you know, Marty's somebody who, you know, I'm not faultless, you know, in these things, but at the same time, also, yeah. You know, was not lucky enough to have solid friend circles, and I've cut shitty people out of my life, thankfully, and I'm much better and happier without them. Um, much better and happier without the relationships that I was in, um, and a much better one now. And I'm been trying not to make that fuck up and letting this space fuck, um, fuck it up, as it does for so many of us, whether you're on the media side or the fighter side, like Diego. And clearly, it did it for Diego, man. And as somebody who has not been lucky enough to have significant others, friends, producers, co-hosts, brothers, sisters, significant others, uh, reliable father figures, you name the list of tools that I see a lot of people have, and I don't, um, which is why I have a lot of chip on my shoulder and a lot of attitude that, you know, where the fuck's this coming from, from Dan? A lot of it's probably from that. 
Um, which is why I both forgive and I dare say I get these fighters to a certain extent. Um, so I really sympathize with Diego's pain. And then, you know, after that, shortly after that, you see him with the Josh Fabia guy, and that, that guy was just a joke, obviously. So it's just a really sad, sad thing. And uh, I think Angela Hill had a really healthy take. And Aaron brought up one that... Uh, I don't know how well it was received or how well it would be received, but Aaron, if you're listening, hopefully you still listen to this show. Uh, it was a spot on point um, as far as fighters being commoditized and how they need to get used to that because the betting market, as we can tell, is not going anywhere. And you listen to these people talk, and these people are getting much more successful than me because you just parrot off the, the guy who was more successful before you. and. It's just this whole fucking ego thing uh, that's really gross, and I've talked about this before. It's nothing new for me. And Aaron speaks on it really well because you commoditize, and it's like, oh, this fighter sucks, and that's why, like, I joke, but that's why MMA betters, for the most part, you know, they can say what they want, but their dicks get rock hard for these young, unproven fucks, and the respect that they show, even with betting against them, still, that's, that's all fine. The disrespect that they showed a lot of these fighters is gross when a lot of people break them down. And I know I make my jokes, I'm not above pushing lines, and I'm more than willing to apologize to fighters' faces because, unlike a lot of those shows, your boy here actually um, knows, interviews, had to interview, will still have to work with, shared, will have to share in the future the same mat with these people. I'm not some proverbial mom in the basement guy. Again, I actually do this stuff, folks. Um, and I actually take care of my mother. It's quite quite the opposite of stereotypes, which is another reason why I love them so much. Um, but yeah, I don't know why I'm getting on this for a Morono Cerrone breakdown. I just wanted to, I feel like Diego Sanchez deserves that respect. And um, it's just really sad to see uh, how he's become warped. And um, we should all do our best not to become like that, obviously, but not to let others become like that because... You'd be surprised how low you can go without the support of others. So make sure you're keeping that same mental health energy and looking out for those out there. Alex Morono steps in as an underdog. Um, I'm picking Cerrone here. Um, I think it's going to be a decision, Cerrone decision. Um, he could rock Morono, maybe Morono, and then maybe submit him if he's rocked. Morono is a black belt, but Cerrone is, you know, can submit black belts, obviously. Uh, other than that, I don't see Morono attacking the body enough to affect Cerrone. And Cerrone is competent enough off the counter to deal with Morono. Uh, and it's short notice. Morono doesn't have the greatest gas tank even in full camp. So, yeah, I'll take uh, Cerrone here. Um, Jeff Neal minus 190. Neal Magny. Plus 165. This one worries me, especially seeing this line like this. I'm going to pick Jeff Neal. I think Neil Magny's like 5-1 and one against Southpaws. Um, but, again, you could score that Kelvin Gastelum fight against him. Um, maybe even the Johnny Hendricks one. I don't know. I can't remember. And then, you know, he's the first guy to TKO Hector Lombard, but, like, he was getting pieced up by Hector Lombard. And so even when he beats these Southpaws... It's, you know, it's weird because it's not necessarily he's beating him through grappling or if he lost, he lost via grappling, you know, Damian Maya. 
Um, so it's weird. Uh, that being said, Neil doesn't get tired. Neil, before the striking threat, started off as a cage grappling guy. Um, it's really, really uh, competent there. So um, as far as uh, you know, your basic underhooks, turning, steering, um, staying on balance, staying in position, he's going to need that, and he's going to need to like not let Magni suck away time there. But if the judges, even if Magni does able to suck away some decent amounts of stretches of time in the fight in the clinch, if the judges are keeping the same energy and judging by damage, I think that should be Jeff Neal. Because again, Neal's not the one to tire, and I don't think he's going to give takedowns too easily to Magni. Um, so we'll see there. I know Magni has been stepping up his trading because Usman's been in the room. Uh, I don't know if that helps him or hurts him or what that's like. Um, never comfortable betting against Magni. I'm gonna, so I'm going to avoid this one. It's actually on my avoid list. Um, this one should be on the avoid list, but it's not. Marcos Ojero de Lima, minus 190, and another plus 165 comeback. Maurice Green, same split of the last fight. And I am going to reluctantly go with the favorite. I know, like I tweeted, am I really picking Ruggiero de Lima? You know, he's an auto-bet sub guy. Um, you should be auto-betting Green by sub here, um, even, though, even though plus money coverage is good enough for Green, to be honest. Um I want to take Green. He's in the shape of his life. He said he was dealing with some nerve issues in that Greg Hardy fight that no one knew about. But when I actually, Maurice Green is one of the few people I actually want to go refresh myself once again on tape. And is the same reads. I want to go back and watch fights throughout his career and victories and defeat. And the guy is just like, he's like Bambi. He's like a newborn deer. On, you know, that's why I said of the Olenek. Olenek doesn't have to get the takedown. He just has to walk toward him and Green will fall down. Um... Now, that could be bad because Rogero de Lima will just dive himself into a guillotine choke. He's really good at that. Um, but he's also really good at just kicking the legs out of dudes and, and, and punching them, and he can still finish from ground and pound. Um, you know, he's went three rounds with the Stefan Struve light uh, before, you know. Perhaps he can do it with uh, the Crochet Boss. Uh, crochet Boss does look in good shape this time around, but again, he's training at Jackson Wink, and is he going to do the fucking... Oblique kick him to death, um, you know, and point fight him. Like, it's, I don't know. I'm going to take Delima. He did it the last month at ATT like he usually does. Um, not cutting the weight for heavyweight. Yeah, um, no play, though. Avoid for me. Dogger pass. Um, Gregor Gillespie minus 160. Diego Fajeda plus 140. Gonna take Gillespie here just because he's a really good grappler, and obviously with the wrestling, I think you control where that goes. Um, competent striker, and the question is, is that like, is he gonna want to lean on that because he's taking damage and then got knocked out? However, uh, Diego Fajeda, not a one one shot knockout guy, more of a volume guy. Um, he can counter, but again, he's not like a. It's, it's more pressure volume, uh, spamming you that way, and against a guy who can do that, it's got a as good but probably a better gas tank in Gillespie better wrestling um I think he can even get takedowns and follow be a Neil Dariusha's and uh, you know and not get subbed I know they're different grapplers but they're both very good grapplers so I'm gonna go Gregory Gregor there um yeah uh, at first it was uh I wasn't kind of scared to stay away but uh, I feel a little more confident Gregor to play him I don't know we'll see I don't uh, I don't know Maybe like by decision. Or if the line gets low enough, you play him straight if he goes under 150. Or maybe I pair him with Rodriguez if I don't want to pair Cerrone with Rodriguez, right? Or, or someone else lower. 
it was higher price. So we'll see. But the pick is Gregor there. Uh, next fight, Amanda Hibosh, minus 185. Angela Hill, plus 160. Again, I love Hill. But I'm going to take Hibosh here. Um, I like her attitude. Um, even though she wasn't knocked completely out, you know, I'm glad Herb Dean finally did decide to stop it. And we should see more standing stoppages, even though he was just trying to correct the fuck up, granted. Um, still, head trauma is head trauma. And it's only been four months or so. So you do worry about that. Hill's not a one-shot stopper, but, you know, she, she's she been getting better at putting more pop on her punches. I like her interviews and what she's saying she's trying to do and her mistakes. She's still growing despite being later into her career. You know, she's got deceptive age-to-mile ratio there. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Hibosh, but I'm staying away. This is uh, on my avoid list. Um, next fight, Felipe Lins, minus 115. Ben Rothwell, minus 105. Uh, I'm picking Ben Rothwell here. You know he's my guy. But I was seeing people playing Ben at minus 115. Uh, so the fact that uh, people were playing him over his opening price means something. And now that he's back to his opening price at minus 105, well, you could justify playing him there. I may sprinkle or I may wait for that plus money to come in and then sprinkle that way because Big Ben has looked really bad as much as um, I have not been impressed with Felipe Lins and his right hand and jiu-jitsu that he barely uses. Um I'm still gonna I'm gonna take Big Ben here, but and I'll probably sprinkle on him. You don't have to follow me off that cliff. It's it's dangerous. Um Sorny Moreno was on my avoid as well, by the way. Next fight. Uh Kyle Dawkins, Dukakis. Shout out to Brad Tashchuk. Minus one thirty and speaking of the man analysis, Phil Hogs. Phil Hogs plus one ten. You think I'd be all over Hogs at Plus Bunny after playing him and scraping by by the skin of my teeth, but as we saw with his uh gas tank and against these scrappy guys who don't get tired like a Dawkus. Um I, I like Dawkus here. I'm surprised he didn't get inflated more. I'll play him at minus 130. I'm probably going to play him here. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, you can mark me down for that. Um, I think he can survive and uh, come on late. You know, this is a classic spot for Dan Tom. You know, fading the athlete. Um, Alright, next fight. Ludovic Klein, minus 245. Uh, as MMA betters have inflated uh, the line accordingly with their dicks uh, because, you know, it's a sexy striker, the young guy on the scene. Oh, God. Oh, oh, bet him, bet him everything. And Mike Trezano plus 205. Um, Trezano, I didn't watch tough. His style is not appealing, hasn't fought enough. I barely can tell you shit about him. I don't even want to look up his uh, bio right now. I'm so that bored. No, actually, I will because I want to see what... Ludovic Klein's rocking. Obviously, Ludovic Klein's southpaw, um, skilled striker. Knocked out durable Shane Young, which does mean something. Um, here we go. Let's pick up uh, Klein. He is a Slovak national champion in boxing and MMA. But really good with the head kick. Um, let's see. Uh, Czechoslovakia. When I was 12, I started with boxing because I had a passion for fight sports. He is now 26. Yeah. Um, I like him here, too. He's the other person I was thinking about parlaying Rodriguez with, but I, I, you don't really get much for doing that, so I don't know if I want to do that for a two-legger. And um, Trezano. What is Trezano? What is he? got the black belt and, like, uh, Tiger Showman's, or what is he? Uh, four amateur kickboxing championships, four amateur MMA championships, two professional MMA championships, 145 and 155. Um, 
yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't know what the kickboxing is, but, you know, he likes the low kicks. I do know that. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to take Ludovic Klein there. Um, I was going to play Ryan Benoit at minus 120 over Zaruk Adashev, but Benoit could not weigh in, even though the commission still tried to make him weigh in twice. Because, you know, in the name of safety, insert damn Tom Jerkoff gif. By the way, uh, Ryan Wagg and whoever else is using those, use those more, please. Circulate those around. It's like you can't wear, you know, the shirt to the band you're seeing or you can't wear your own band T-shirt. You know, I can't use that, but I, I want to see that more because, my God, that's my attitude toward everything lately. Um, <laughs> Tafan and Chukwi. Uh, cue the uh, guy on the edge of the bed me minus 140 uh, John Young Park the Iron Turtle plus 120 Iron Turtle that sounds like uh, some kind of like uh, you know like vaunted gay sex position you know like once you and your partner achieve this level of mastery then you can combine your forces to reenact the Iron Turtle wow Dan why do you have to take it in that direction I'm just saying it sounds Sounds painful. All right. Jesus Christ. Uh, on that note, I'm going to take... <laughs> I'm going to take Tafon to, to push the turtle in, you know? I think, I think, I think you know, Jong Yum Park's going to turtle head a little bit. He's going to peek that turtle head out, and I think Tafon's just going to push that shit right in. Easy, dang. You shit pushed it. I just watched training the other day. I'm sorry, folks. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Tafon. Wow, that was the most homoerotic breakdown ever, Dan. I'm sorry, folks. That's what you come here for. No, it's not. Uh, next fight, Michael Carlton, Carlston Harris, minus 155. Christian Aguilera, plus 135. I don't even know who this Harris guy is, but it's good enough for the line to flip. Um, so it's on my avoid because the line already flipped. Uh, if there was value there, that means someone already took it, and uh, I did not study it. So it's going to end up on my avoid list. Let's look up uh, Carlton real quick. Carlston Harris. Was that Charleston Chu? He is a brave FC champion and an XFC GP champion. His heroes are BJ Pan, Anderson Silva, and Frankie Edgar. Uh, I started MMA in 2011 when I watched BJ Penn fights. I was so impressed. He must have watched his old fights because even 2011 BJ Penn was not doing good. Luto Livre and boxing. Um, Brazilian gentleman, okay. Orthodox stance, 76 inch reach. All right. Okay, I'll take Carlton, Carlton Harris. All right. Okay, that's it, folks. How did we do? Um, 46.11, yeah. Speaking of homoerotic stuff, I was going to give a breakdown of uh, Mortal Kombat, but every podcast did that already. Uh, poor Dan Tom. He just wants me in a film podcast and, like, call fights, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do any because... Um, I'm just that creepy uncle that people occasionally invite over or the Asian kid that people cheat off the test on, I guess, is this podcast. And I burned too many bridges to call fights, um, much less even on like YouTubes or sportscasters. Uh, so I'm just going to be that fucking loner uh, over here and enjoy everybody else doing that shit and live vicariously through you guys because I secretly wish I could. Um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat, I think there is something with Kung Lao and Liu Kang. Liu Kang was definitely a power bottom. And he wish he knew how to quit Kung Lao. And I'm not making fun of that. I, I, I think I even own Brumback Mountain, folks. I, no, maybe not, but I've seen it. It's a great movie. Not hating. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think there was a love affair that I, I wish was, was explored more. I feel cheated, you know? I, I feel cheated. I feel like there was something there with Kung Lao and Liu Kang. Uh, either way, I uh, was glad to see, even though they had to make up a character, 
I think they used the guy from the Raid Redemption. It was nice to see some guys that look like, you know, old Dan Tom out there, some mixed Asians, you know. So, so some some handsome men out there getting it done. You'd love to see that representation. It's important. Uh, it is uh, Asian Pacific Islander Month, so we'll see if uh, the UFC does anything. They do have, like, the one Asian headlining card that they would, like, get behind if they were going to do it, right? Because, you know, they like to sexualize us. Mom champ! Uh, but it's an impromptu card, so I'm not expecting shit. Let's speaking of which, let's see who we picked. Let's recap, shall we? There was my there was my Mortal Kombat review. See, there you go. I get to still have a little bit of fun at the expense of talking shit and alienating my audience further. Taking Rodriguez over Watterson, taking Cerrone over Morano, taking Neil over Neil, taking Jeffrey over Magni, I should say, taking. Welcome to my house. We don't even know. Dance pick in the Lima. Da -da 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 -da, the Florida guy. Uh, Florida guy over Morris Green. Taking Gillespie over Fajeda. Taking Ibash over Hill. Taking Rothwell over Linz. Taking Dukakis over Hogs. Taking Klein over Trezano. T was going to take Benoit over Adeshev. But that fight is off. Taking um, Tafon and Chukwi over the Iron Turtle, Jung Young Park. Taking Harris over Aguilera. Looking to parlay Rodriguez with somewhere out there. She is gonna roll. And she adjusts her shorts with uh, her ticks, I forgot to mention. And she's also a dark blue with a black tip in Muay Thai. I don't know what that is. But it sounds painful, and I suggest she gets it checked out. And I'm gonna take her there. Uh, um, gonna take... Um, yeah, Rodriguez with somebody. Uh, I'm going to take a shot on Tafon at minus 140 because you know me. I'm going to take Dawkus. Uh, I'm going to fade the hogs there. Take Dawkus, minus 130. Uh, Rothwell plus money? Maybe so. Um, I haven't seen any pops. I'm sure there's a bunch of unders that I'm missing um, that all the uh, MMA betters will be hitting. Good luck to you guys. Uh, I know you all listen to this show. I do wish you luck, although I talk shit. Um, I'm on the same sides as you more often than not. Hey, but, you know, we got to call things for what they are. Avoid Hibosh and Hill for me. Harris and Aguilera for me. Good luck if you got that dog money on Harris. Uh, avoiding Cerrone and Morono for me. I feel like there's a lot of angles you get trapped into that won't come to fruition. And avoiding Magni and Neil. Thank you, guys. Not going to plug the Amazon reads. I don't deserve that. But thank you guys for sharing and supporting the show. Uh, not even sure the show's ever going to get uh, freaking sponsors with the way it's going but you know for whatever it is the space that it exists it's here thank you for listening we'll see you guys next week good luck in your picks and plays and always protect okay I lied as I just signed off I saw that Diego Fajeda had a bad weigh in and missed weight which means I'm pulling the trigger on Gillespie and Rodriguez, plus 134, laying it down. Congratulations for listening to the end. You just got an Easter egg bonus.